So in uh, class four of Bible Intake Part 2, uh, we're going to consider memorizing and meditating on the Word, on God's Word as it applies the power of Scripture to our life, but then also we're going to look at how journaling and learning the Word, how we learn about God, leads to greater spiritual fruitfulness. And so in discussing these methods and in memorizing and in meditating and journaling and learning, um, we're going to do our best today to give some practical tips of, of how do we apply those to our life. How do we put those to, uh, to work for us? But as we do that, I'm going to go ahead and open us up in prayer this morning. Would you guys pray with me? God, your word is clear. God, that we are to discipline ourselves. God, we are to train ourselves for godliness. So, so Father, this morning we pray that you would teach us how we should discipline ourselves. Father, that you would transform us to be more like Christ as we consider uh, things, these things this morning. God, we pray these things in your name. Amen. So last week, my family and I, we went to the blueberry patch, and we picked, the four of us, 12 pounds of blueberries. Yeah, it didn't look like much, and, and to be honest with you, we probably took in a lot more than that. If you, if you think about the time a seven-year-old, or a six-year-old, and a nine-year-old now, they can put, put away some serious blueberries as we're walking through the patch. Uh, and we had a blast, but I want us to consider something and think about something for a, min- for a minute. So imagine you're walking along, and you're with a friend or a buddy, and you come across this fruit tree. And a fruit tree is there, and it's got some great fruit on it, and you stop there for a while, and you eat as much as you can fill your belly with, kind of like we did on the blueberry pass patch. We took a ton of blueberries in, but it's time to go, and so you decide, okay, one of you is going to fill your shirt. You're just going to pull it out here. You're just going to put as much fruit on your, in your pockets, in your, if you have a backpack, whatever it may be, you're going to take as much fruit home with you. But the other person decides, well, wait a second. Now we've picked it clean. I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to dig this fruit tree up, or I'm going to dig this blueberry bush up, and I'm going to actually take it home. I'm going to take it home, and I'm going to plant it. Well, the tree flourishes, and it regularly produces fruit, and it produces this bountiful crop. But the second brother now has has fruit when the first one does not. He had his fruit for a season, for a time, for a few days, and it fed him, and it was great. But the other brother now has it often. So to this point, the this, this similar how we are fed by God's word and by simply hearing the word is to be more like the first brother. We can, be, we can hear it. We can read it. Uh, the first brother may produce immediate fruit. It may pro- sustain us for a little while. Um, but in the long run, it's gonna, it won't com- compare with the continual input of the word. Uh, through reading and through studying, we make that tree our own. So 
uh, we're going to consider today memorizing Scripture, meditation on Scripture, journaling, and then learning. So they can be bountiful ways that we can, we can work through God's Word and increase our harvest of the fruit. And so today, we're going to look at these four activities, and we're going to start by looking at memorization. So how do we memorize God's Word, and why should we do it? And so we have to begin by acknowledging that memorization is really hard work. Now, some of us are like, even kind of getting that wind, like, oh man, this sounds like an awful topic to talk about. Memorization, like nobody likes to memorize things. It kind of brings back those memories of our school days, or for some of us, it's just last week, uh, of thinking about having to memorize something for school, or, um, you know, it's about as much fun as just falling straight down the stairs. You know, <laughs> it's just not, sometimes it's not fun. And yes, memorizing scripture can seem mundane, um, it's not really exciting, but if we approach it as a, a boring task with little value, it will be that. Um, so we have all made excuses. I, mean, I have been the worst at making up excuses. I pretty much came up with everyone in the book. What are some of the excuses maybe that you've had for not wanting to memorize Scripture? You can throw a couple at me. Right? It's on my phone. I've got the Bible on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have time to memorize Scripture. You know, it's, it is hard work. But, you know, if I was to say, hey, I will pay you $500 this week to memorize Scripture, to memorize each verse you memorize, you get 500 bucks. I think most of us would say, oh, I can't. But they would say, well, how many verses do you want me to memorize? How can I, can I max that out? How, many, how much money will you give me? But that's a, that's a wrong motivation, right? It should never be a motivation uh, for, for money to memorize Scripture because the, the reality is it's way more beneficial to us than something monetary. But the point is that you've motivated, you have to see the benefits of it. And so we're going to spend some time today looking at the benefits of memorization. And so, if you want to follow along with your outline as we look through uh, memorizing God's Word, why do we do it? What are the motivations? Well, first one is it supplies spiritual power. So Psalm 119.11 says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So memorized scripture that's ready helps us in our time of need. It often makes the difference between following, falling into temptation uh, and being able to stand in obedience to Christ. Um, I've heard it said before that dusty Bibles lead to dirty lives. Um, that, I think that can ring true. The fact is that you are either in the Word and the Word is transforming you, it is changing you, and molding you, or we're in the world, and the world is forming us into its pattern, into its mold. And so it's important that we have that ready so that we can have spiritual power over, over sin, that we would be able to fight temptation. And that's exactly what 1 Corinthians talks about when it says, no temptation has overtaken you that is common to man. 
It says, God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can, uh, beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will provide a way of escape for you, that you may be able to endure it. So sometimes the way that God gives us an escape from temptation will be through memorized scripture that we have ready to fight temptation. I love how uh, Ephesians 6 talks about it. It's the sword of the spirit. I think Christian talked about this a little bit last week. And the word equips us for those moments to resist sin. And why would we want to go into a battle, a spiritual battle, without something to fight sin? And so there's no, there's no better example of this than Jesus as he uh, has the experience with Satan in the wilderness in Matthew 4. And when Jesus is being tempted, what does he do? He, he quotes scripture. Not only he quotes scripture, he quotes a right interpretation of scripture to Satan. And so to be able to understand and to have that in your arsenal to be able to fight sin. To use the sword of the word of truth. And so we use that to our advantage. And we memorize scripture also because it strengthens our faith. So Proverbs 22, it says, Incline your ear and hear the words of the wise and apply your heart to my knowledge, for it will be pleasant if you keep them with you. If all of them are ready on your lips, that your trust may be in the Lord, I have made known to you, even to you. So notice the reason here in Proverbs 22, verses 17 through 19. He says, keeping the wise words with you and ready on your lips so that you can trust the Lord. So learning God's word and memorizing it, it will, it will grow our trust in the Lord. And memorization reinforces that truth in our life. And we'll grow our trust in him more and more abundantly. And so we see a good example of this in uh, the book of Acts. We can see Peter as he's in Acts 2, um, as he's standing and preaching the gospel. Um, what is he doing? He is quoting uh, most of the, the, his sermon there is from Joel. And so he is, he is reciting the word. He has memorized that word, and now he is using using that word that he's memorized. And so uh, scripture is like a support to a, a sagging faith or to a faith that needs a firm foundation. So that word that is memorized can help support that. And so number three, memorization. Also, it equips us for witnessing and counseling. And I don't know, have, has anyone ever been in one of those situations where a friend is coming to you and has asked for advice or there's this opportunity to, to share the gospel with somebody, but you're just not sure what to say. Well, the word, the memorized word, is able to inform us so that we can actually have words of life to say. That we're not just speaking conventional wisdom or trying to share something that we're just coming off with the top of our head, but we're actually being led by the Spirit He's using that word that we've memorized, that we've committed to memory, and now we're able to, he's able to, to remind us of that and to use that to 
to share the gospel. He's able to use that for us to counsel someone so that we're not just speaking on our own accord, but we're actually being used by the Spirit to, to minister, to uh, proclaim the gospel, to actually um, uh, use that in our, uh, in our time with friends and with our time of witnessing. So he can use that for witnessing and counseling. Some great examples of that are Proverbs 25.11 and Ephesians 4.12. So we do that, and then we also we memorize it as a means for God's guidance. Uh, Psalm 119 says, Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. So Christians, as Christians, we cannot accomplish the task in life without God's guidance. And so we uh, memorize Scripture to lighten the dark path that we may come upon when we're faced with discouragement or, or times in our life that we're not sure what to do or a job to take. We can, we can recall words, uh, the word of God that we've memorized to help inform us to make a godly decision. But it also stimulates meditation. And so carrying a pocket Bible or putting a phone in our pocket that we can pull up the word, yes, that is great, that is uh, helpful, but as many scriptures have testified, carrying the Bible in your heart is so much more powerful that we would be able to use that, that we would be equipped for every good work. This is true as especially of meditation, which we're going to get to more in just a minute, uh, but we can think so much more deeply on the word anywhere and any time if that word is actually hidden in our heart and ready to, to, to put that to work. So, what are, so how do we do it? How do we memorize the word? And what are some of the methods that we can do? Well, I think the first thing we have to do is just decide, yes, we can do it. We've shown already saying, you know, I, I don't... I don't have to, or I don't have time, I can't, that those are just not very good excuses. But uh, the question that we must ask is, will we do it? Will we take time to meditate? Will, will we take time to memorize, rather, on Scripture? And all we need to do is understanding the power of God's Word and desire to know Him better. I love uh, Don Whitney. Uh, tells a story of a guy who's named Dawson Trotman, who founded an organization called The Navigators, which is a Christian organization. And who, he was a truck driver when he first became a believer. And he was delivering lumber back and forth every day. And for the first three years, uh, he memorized, of his Christian walk, uh, he memorized a hundred, let's see it, it was more than 100. It was 300 verses a year. So in his first three years of walking with the Lord, he memorized over 1,000 verses. Now, that seems really intimidating. I'm going to be honest with you. If for most of us here, you're like, yeah, that's, that's tough. Um, you know, I was thinking back on times that I've memorized Scripture in my life, and I've never um, have accomplished that much. Um, when I was 10 years old, though, 
one of the things in my schooling is my parents had me memorize Hebrews chapter 11. And if you asked me to recite that now, unfortunately, I would say I, I could maybe stumble through a little bit of it, but I wouldn't be able to. And it was just convicting to me. If, if I could do that as a 10-year-old who, you know, didn't understand quite what I was reciting, how much more so could we do it if we truly put our mind uh, to it and sought to memorize Scripture? And so we can do it. And part of doing that is we have to have a plan to do it. And so we can memorize by topic. Maybe if there's a sin in our life that we struggle with, that we would be able to memorize something in relation to that. Or uh, if you're struggling with anxiety, you could memorize something like Philippians 4, um, 6 through 8. Or if you're struggling with your faith, then Hebrews chapter 11 would be, certainly be a great option. Um, you know, there are so many options that we can, ways that we can put a plan together to memorize Scripture. Um, it's really just figuring out, okay, what, was, what is going to work right now for me in, in my life and my walk with Christ? So what do I need to memorize to be able to combat sin and temptation? So we need to have a plan. Another way is we can take time to write out the verse. Taking the time to copy it down, I think it's so helpful. Um, you know, I've had some friends who have actually put together uh, picture reminders. They put together maybe for the fruits of the Spirit, you might do something like draw an apple and give that as a reminder. Or Psalm 119.11, it says, I've stored your word up in my heart. What would be a good picture reminder there? A heart, maybe with the word in it. Or... Um, you know, a Bible with a heart, something that could jog our memory. These are all just mnemonic devices are great. Um, I love the way that Psalm 119, 119 is organized, just even in a way to clearly uh, memorize that. You know, Psalm one, uh, 119 has 22 sections, eight verses each, and each one of these were, were written to be memorized and actually in the original Hebrew, it starts with each letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And so if it was in English, it would translate, okay, these verses, the first part would be begin with A, second part, B with B, and so on. And so it's meant, it was written to be memorized. And so what can we do to, to take that and also to be intentional about how we uh, memorize Scripture? But we also, uh, we can do it, whole verse, word perfectly, you know, stick with the same translation as you begin to memorize uh, scripture. And part of that is reviewing every day. These are, these are very practical ways. I know in, in our car, when we're on the road, we love to sing in the car. And so we try to find music that would even reinforce the word that maybe will be verses that are, you know, able to sing along to and our kids will be able to remember. But the goal when we think about memorization is not just a lot of head knowledge. The, the goal of memorization is godliness, that we would become more like Christ, that we would be transformed, Romans 12.1. And we would make the effort with God's word that we would see, see it through, that we would... Uh, 
have the result of that spiritual fruit. And so the benefits are tremendous. And one of the benefits of taking time to memorize Scripture is that as we memorize, it fuels, it provides fuel for meditation, which is going to be the next thing that we're going to look at. Um, So meditating on God's Word. Well, does meditation sound a little bit new agey? I think, you know, we've kind of let the world take hold of that phrase or that term of meditation. Um, But it, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. Biblical meditation is both commanded by God and modeled in Scripture. Psalm 119, again, uh, verse 97, it says, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day. Or Philippians 4.8, it says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. But let's define meditation, because we already know the world probably has a much different version or or definition of meditation than than we do as believers in Christ. So what is meditation? Well, meditation is deep thinking on truths revealed in Scripture. But it's for the purpose of understanding, application, Prayer and joy. So meditation is deep thinking on the truths revealed in Scripture. Meditation goes beyond reading and studying. Uh, it goes beyond memorizing, and it begins and it, be, it begins to taking in the Word of God. That we would we would think about it deeper, more substantial. And as Christians, we don't meditate by emptying our mind. A lot of the times we hear that in today's culture, I just need time to meditate, I need to clear my head. Well, for the Christian, we don't do that by emptying our mind, rather we do it by filling our mind with truth, with the Word of God. So for some, meditation is an attempt to just achieve complete mental passivity, that we would just be able to clear our heads. But biblical meditation requires constructive mental, uh, constructive mental activity that we would be thinking deeply on the truth. So it goes beyond hearing, reading, and memorizing as a means of taking in the word. And I love the idea in the, the illustration of the, the tea bag. And Christian and I were talking about tea last week. And as you take a tea bag, what happens if you dip it in the, the hot water one time? It gets a little bit of the flavor, right? It gets a little bit into the water, the flavor into the water. It's absorbed into the water, but not as much as leaving the tea bag in there, right? So one dip, you get a little bit of the flavor. And this analogy, reading and studying and memorizing, is like one dip into the hot water. And, but when you meditate on the word, it's like immersing the bag completely into the water, right? Just letting it steep. Just letting it soak up all the flavors until all the rich flavor has been extracted from the tea, 
bag into the hot water. What? What does that make? A great cup of tea. And I'm not even a tea person, but even I can recognize a good cup of tea. And so such is that when, we, when our lives, when we're meditating on the Word, when we're taking time to use what we've memorized and using that to, to think deeply on the Word, to meditate on it, it's like letting that rich flavor in our, in our minds, in our lives, letting it go into every area that we would consider those things. So, so why do we do it? Why do, what's our motivation? Well, I love Joshua 1.8. It says, and it gives us the promise of success. So the book of the law in Joshua 1.8, it says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according, uh, according to all that is written. For then you will be able to make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Now, I think a lot of times we think about success, we think about financial success automatically. But success in God's eyes is living by His wisdom. And so we want to be intentional about meditating on it because we know we will promise of success, but we can count on the blessing even if it means just simple joy and, and perseverance in the face of trials. I think in the New Testament uh, perspective, we can know that the main application of this promise would be prosperity in, of the soul. So it's not prosperity financially, but prosperity of the soul and spiritual success. Um, and this kind of uh, success only comes through meditation that is consistent. It's not just occasional meditation, not just um, on a whim, but it's intentional. I, I love the story of uh, William Wil Wilberforce, who was a British politician in the late 1700s and a movement to abolish the slave trade uh, in Great Britain. William memorized... Uh, the entirety of Psalm 119, which is 176 verses, which is, um, which is amazing. And he would often recite it on his way to work. He had a 15-minute walk from what I've read. He would recite that on his way to work to help give him endurance, to be able to go and fight spiritual battles that he was uh, working towards. And so... We can use that scripture that we've memorized to meditate that God would help give us endurance. But it also brings spiritual maturity. So Psalm 119, uh, 98 and 99, it says, Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditations. So hearing the word at church and on Sunday is, of course, wonderful and and immensely helpful, but itself can be like a short rainfall, kind of like we had this morning up in Bentonville. The last two mornings, we had just these really light rainfalls that didn't really soak into the ground. It just kind of ran off. Um, but if we were to have a hard rain, um, meditation is like a longer, steadier rain, saturating, making the grass green, um, it brings wisdom and insight and will lead to a godlier life. 
And so what are, what are some of the methods then that we can use as we think about meditating on the Word? Well, it can be any. It can, you can choose uh, things that you've committed to memory that will always be with you. Um, you can repeat them in different ways. Um, we can pray through them. We can use those as we pray through it with others. We can use... Um, time with our, our community group or our life group, that we would be intentional with that. But one of the things that's important is that we do not rush meditation. Um, we live in a fast-paced culture, right? And so everything is kind of in five-minute increments in a, lot of, in a lot of our days. But to take time to meditation, to meditate. Because sometimes God will choose to reveal something to us just after the first time we, we read it. But oftentimes it takes us reading through it time and time again to truly understand what we're taking in, to let that roll around in our head, to be able to meditate on it clearly. And also having a time of silence and solitude, which is something that we probably, most of us probably don't take time to have silence and solitude. It's just... With our phones buzzing, you know, something always distracting us. Uh, take time to, to have silence and solitude, to put your phone on do not disturb for a few minutes so you can be intentional about meditating on the Word. So is, are there any questions? We've covered a lot of ground quickly. As we think about memorization and meditation... You guys have any questions so far? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, what was the name of the book? Okay, hundred hundred verses every Christian should know. Wow. Thanks. Yet I this week that I ran into a book um, that was memorizing large portions of scripture. Um, I. The name escapes me um, off the top of my head, but it was 99 cents on Amazon for a Kindle book just to, in, to be able to help equip you. Uh, if you have, would like to know that, I'd be glad to share with, that with you afterwards. But for 99 cents on some tools of how to uh, memorize Scripture in large portions of it, it was super helpful.
Yeah, I love that analogy you shared this week of it's like breathing for the for the Christian. Uh, that the word of God is like breathing for, for us. We we must have it for life. Hmm. Yeah. Well, so as we as we consider those things, as we consider memorization and the benefits, and we consider meditating on the word. Um, the next one I want to look at is journaling. Now, some of journaling, I think, comes very natural for some and very unnatural for others. And journaling is something that I've not consistently done through my life. I have done it on occasion, um, maybe big events in my life, but I've, I've not done it consistently. So this is an area that I'm learning about. I'm, I'm hoping to grow more in. Um, but as a Christian, our journal is a personal record of our faith walk, of, of what God is doing and how he is at work in our lives. So this can account of his faithful care of us. It can account of uh, things that he has done uh, and taught us, ways he has guided us, ways that uh, we are growing in holiness, um, struggles that we have had, triumph, uh, triumphs over sin. It can be so much. Um, it could be prayers that we have prayed that God would answer. It can be a, a prayer journal where we're sharing prayer requests that we have heard from others that we're interacting with and we're going through life with. Um, journaling is not clearly commanded in Scripture. But... It does, Scripture does con contain many examples of God-inspired journals. So, for instance, many psalms are accounts of, of David uh, and his life and his spiritual journey with God. Um, lamentation is, uh, is much like a journal, uh, recounting Jeremiah's feelings. Um, I love in Jeremiah 17.9 where it says, My heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? The Lord, uh, I, the Lord, search the heart and mind. So one of the things that journaling can actually help us do is self-understanding and evaluation. So it can help us to reflect as we meditate, even as we have memorized and meditate, we use that to, to self-assess, to be able to understand, rather, and evaluate. Um, even as Christians with new hearts are the indwelling sin in our life. Journaling is a means to search our heart and so that we would be able to understand ourselves well. But also, uh, it can help us to meditate on Scripture, right? We've just talked about that for the last 15 minutes of, uh, of meditating on Scripture. So Psalm 1, verse 1 and 2 says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. So this is where spiritual discipline of meditating on, word, on God's word and journaling intersect. So putting our thoughts down on paper, we... Uh, as we read the Bible, it's always helpful to come to the Word with a pen in, the, in a paper so that we can write notes, that we can 
share, uh, write down what God is teaching us. Uh, writing focuses our mind narrow with all the distractions that we might have. It helps focus us, um, focus our minds. Bringing a pen and paper can heighten our sen- of sense of application as we write. Um, and as we come expecting fresh insight that the Holy Spirit would teach us something new as we read his word. But also it can help us express our thoughts and feelings to the Lord. So as we write, as we journal, uh, I love Psalm 62. It says, trust in him at all times. O people, pour out your hearts before him. God is our refuge for us. So as people, one of the ways that we can pour out our hearts is through practicing in journaling. Um, and like I said, the Psalms are great examples of, the, of this. They record a wider range of Christian thought and emotion and feelings of joy, sadness, peace, uh, distraught. Um, Psalm 77 says, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all of your work and meditate on your mighty deeds. Well, it can also help us remember what the Lord has done. Because we tend to forget very easily what the Lord has done in our lives. And in, as, we, as well as we may in many times, God has answered prayer. We forget that he has even answered prayer because we've not taken time to write it down or be intentional with that. Uh, so remembering God's faithfulness in our life can help uh, fuel uh, future faithfulness as we consider how he has been faithful to us. Uh, and it can foster joy in our lives. Um, the, the Bible is full of accounts of saints uh, setting up physical memorials to remind themselves of God's past faithfulness. So this can be a way as we write down uh, things that God is teaching us, the ways that he is at work, that we would remember his faithfulness. But it can also help us create and, and pers- uh, create a spiritual heritage. So um, a journal can communicate the gospel to future generations. Um, one of the things I actually brought to give away today is a small scripture journal on Romans. So the way that this works is that this is basically the book of Romans, um, but as you walk through it, as you read, it has a page beside it to journal uh, as you learn, well, what is God teaching you? Maybe it's a prayer request that goes along with the verse. Um, so would somebody like this today on Romans? You already have one. Okay. Well, this is here for someone who would like, if you'd like it, come find me afterwards. It's a great tool of, of recording and journaling what God is teaching you as you go through the Word. I've even have, uh, I've known parents that have a journaling Bible, and what they'll do is they'll take a couple years, and they'll go through that journaling Bible, and they'll take notes as they, as they walk through it, with the intention to giving that to their kids as they leave uh, for college or leave home. And so what better gift than to say, here's a Bible that I've worked through over years, 
and then give that to them with notes that things that God has taught you, that you ways that you have learned. Uh, what a better gift to be able to create that spiritual heritage, be able to share with future generations what God is teaching you in the Word. Uh, so just one of those uh, cool way to be able to uh, journal. It doesn't have to always be just writing something down in a journal, which is, of course, great. Uh, there are many different ways that we can be intentional about journaling. I love Job in 19 says, Oh, that my words were written. Oh, that they were inscribed in a book. Oh, that with an iron pen and lead, they were engraved in rock forever. So Job knew the value of that word that could be preserved even after his death. That's one of the, the benefits that it would be shared with future generations. But it can also help clarify and articulate our insight into the word. So journaling can, can lead, uh, can help lend itself to coherent thought and concerning scripture. So if you feel like sometimes your mind is scattered from the busy day, be able to sit down and journal and write intentionally about what God is teaching you uh, can help focus our thoughts. But what are some some methods? And these these are probably the easiest methods that you're going to hear today. Get a notebook, right? It's pretty plain and simple. You can use paper. It's helpful. Uh, You need a pen and paper. You can use loose leaf paper and put it into a binder that you can do by year. There's a way of organizing that. You can do it on a computer. You can do it on your phone. There's so many apps that are available to take notes that are on the cloud that you could be able to uh, not worry about losing them or something happening to them or your kids scribbling on them if you have kids. Uh, there are so many ways that we can be intentional um, about doing that. And we can use scripture journals uh, there are many different ways that we can do it. I think there's finding one that works best for you, that you can be intentional and that you can be consistent with. And so we journal. We uh, can see the benefit in that, but also learning. It's pretty broad, but we're going to help focus that in a little bit. So when we think about learning, how can we love God unless we first know him, right? Biblically balanced Christian has both a full head and a full heart. Ephesians 1 says this, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know what is the hope of which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance for the saints? So there's a difference between knowing, uh, from knowing about God and actually knowing God. How can we turn knowledge about God into knowledge of God? Well, uh, J.I. Packard, uh, who wrote Knowing God, says this, uh, turn each truth we learn about God into a matter of meditation before God leading to prayer and to praise to God. So the worship of God ought to be the goal of our learning. When we learn things, it should be to lead us to worship, 
knowledge is not an exercise in, in love toward God. It will only make us proud. So it's not just to, to just amass more knowledge, but it is to grow our love for him. So reading and studying, hearing and memorizing, meditating on scripture are chief, chief ways that we learn. But let's think about uh, other ways that we can learn. So what are some other ways that we can learn? Can you guys name off a few ways that we can learn? Reading. Yeah. Lots, lots of books. Yeah. Take, take classes. Do, say that again. Podcast. Yeah. There's so many ways that are easily available in our, in our, right at our fingertips. So sitting under good teaching at church, books, as we've said, discipling relationships, all are helpful in learning. Christian fellowship as we go through life groups together, um, ways of learning through other believers that are a little bit further down the road in their faith uh, and in their walk, recordings of sermons and podcasts, all uh, right at our fingertips. But why, what are our motivations for learning? Well, Proverbs 23 says it this way, Apply your heart to instruction and your ear to words of knowledge. So this is a call to, to pursuit of knowledge and of learning. Uh, spoken here is not a, just a, a root of, mo, uh, of memorization uh, of facts, but it is the goal is godly wisdom. So even the goal in memorization is not just to memorize a bunch of scriptures so that we can answer quick Bible trivia, but is for godliness, that we would learn and grow in our godliness. And learning characterizes the wise person. Proverbs 18 says, An intelligent heart acquires knowledge. The ear of the wise seek knowledge. So the wise man is humble and teachable. But he's also, learning fulfills the great commandment. What does it say in, in Mark uh, verse, chapter 12, verse 30? It says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul, and with all your strength. So God, God demands that we love him with our whole person. That includes our mind. So learning is essential for increased godliness. Romans 12 is clear. Do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But it takes discipline. And for the Christian, for a long time, we, we can grow in knowledge. Uh, by simply being a Christian doesn't mean we're just going to grow automatically. We have to be intentional about that, of walking and learning. Uh, it takes discipline, much like exercise. We have to... Uh, exercise consistently. We have to uh, work on the spiritual disciplines consistently. Uh, unless we're able to, intentional about learning, our growth and knowledge will just be a haphazard thing that happens on occasion. Just because we maybe learned something that we hear randomly. But we want to be intentional about that. Second Timothy 2.15 says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker 
who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So we want to be intentional, not just because uh, we, we want to grow in our godliness, but we want to be able to rightly handle the word of truth. So, um, the last point, point D, reading to learn. Here's some tips. For many of us, Reading good Christian books is the simplest way of learning, so let's think about some practical ways. Well, first, we have a church bookstall, which is, quite honestly, is amazing. Um, There's some great resources. Uh, If you're not sure where to start, what to read, um, that would be a, a great first step. You can talk uh, to one of the elders of if you're struggling with something and want to learn more of how uh, to work through uh, something, you can talk to them, and I'm sure they'd be able to, of course, the Bible is the best place to start but as because uh, the Word of God is sufficient. But if there is something that you need to help equip you to, to think more deeply about something, then, of course, that would be a great option. Um, Legan Duncan has a good quote when we think about uh, reading and what kind of books we should read. It says, you want to be reading soul-fattening books that will increase your knowledge, your love for the Lord, and your confidence in Scripture. The way I like to think about it is if I'm reading a book, is it driving me back to the Word? Is it leading me back to, to God's Word? And so that it would be a good helpful tool as you think about going and learning and reading uh, some ways that you can grow in that. So just, uh, if it, does anyone have any questions as we wrap up today? No question. Okay. Uh, for me, journaling has been like the practical culmination of both meditating and scripture memory, right? Mm. Where, you know, when I first started, it was just like, oh, I'll just start writing person who's going to be reading this is you and God. So you might as well be writing it to him, right? Writing it to the only person who's probably going to be reading this, right? The person who knows you deeply. Mm. And so for me, it's like meditating. I will always meditate with a pen and paper in hand, mm. right? And I will read my daily verse, right? Whatever I'm going through at the time. And then I'll write like an entry to God, right? What's going on in my life? What are my thoughts about this? And then I'll keep reading. And it's quickly turned into like, like, a, like a read and response, right? Where it's, it's almost like a conversation in the sense of like you're reading the word and then you're talking back to him. Hmm. Um, and that has been such a blessing in my own spiritual life. And the Lord has used that in amazing ways to deepen my faith. Um, and then also practically what you were saying about um, looking back on your journal entries. Like oftentimes I'll go back and I'll highlight the prayer requests that God answered. Hmm. Um, amazing to just open up your journal and look at all the highlights and it's just like oh wow I never thought about how much the Lord really answers prayer so yeah. uh, that's my just encouragement to y'all if you haven't tried journaling I would really recommend it yeah. it's, it's the resource praise God thanks for, for sharing Yeah, you can be brutally honest when you're journaling maybe so much so that you wouldn't 
be able to, where you, we kind of are easy on ourselves when we think sometimes through our thought process, but maybe when we're journaling, we can be a little bit more honest and, um, and it can, God can use that to convict us of sin as, as well. Yeah, and uh, we don't get the Spirit using that if we're not actually in the Word, reading it, meditating on it, chewing on it, like you said. Uh, we miss out on God teaching those things if we're just not in the Word. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, let me pray for us as we close out. Lord, God, we admit uh, that we are often a lazy people, not taking time to read your word or to, to meditate on it or to memorize it. Uh, God, give us grace. God, give us a desire to know you more, to put these uh, spiritual disciplines of Bible intake into practice. God, that we uh, would be better equipped God, that we would be um, more like your son. God, we pray these things in your name. Amen.